match. <laughs> what? I don't. I don't know what that was. Episode one hundred and three. Whisper in your lover's ear. Quite a soundscape. Text the sound hawk. Three zero three five four eight six eight seven seven. Tigarone. What you gonna tell me? What that was? <laughs> That's just the beginning of the song. Oh, stick around for the end of the show because the back half of that song gets this, even more intriguing. Is it gonna get grooved out a little bit? There are some lyrics. There's some singing. Oh, yeah, but okay. I wanted to spare you and everyone else. Yeah, you know, if you want to stick around for that, do because you know what you know what that's usually like. Usually, it's like falsetto. <laughs> It won't, it won't disappoint in this Those case. Those of you who may know Na- uh, Natch, may know Josh in some way, shape, or form, you just have to imagine him alone in his house, cradling some snowball mic, just singing into the room. This one, I just used the built-in mic on and the imagine laptop. Imagine his face. Just imagine what his face looks like when he does that. My eyes were closed. So emotive. That's very soulful. Yep. That's exactly right. Natch 103. Yep. Food news eventually. Although... This episode does not have a title. I thought we were going to start saying the titles up front. Oh, well, as the title emerges, we'll never mind. We'll pinpoint it. Yep. So fat is back. God damn. You're the only one who can hear it. I bet you can't even, it's not even coming through. Something ringing in the background. Uh, It's just my uh, landline. Pro move. I move on. Uh, Fat is so back. We like to keep a landline in the house for emergencies, but usually it's just for me to look at and hang up on. That's what I do. Telepromoters. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Nope. Teleprompters. Yep. That's what they are. Okay. Siggy's Triple Cream Icelandic Style Strained Yogurt. Hey-yo. Product introduction. I don't know. Maybe Expo West. Maybe not. Maybe just time to launch a new product. Let me tell you something about this. One serving is one container. Duh. You're going to get... That's 114 grams of yogurt. You're going to get seven grams of saturated fat, 35% of your daily allowance. I looked it up. If you compared that to like Yoplait, like non-fat. Or Danone. That's, they are that. Danone is Yoplait? Yeah. You playing with me? Aren't they? Now you got me wondering. I don't know. You're the insider. I think it's Group Danone. Group Danone. Anyway, I can't, now I looked it up, but I've already forgotten how many, it's like five times higher. Three times higher. 10 grams of fat, total fat. 35 milligrams of cholesterol, 12%. You got some sodium a little bit, not much. You got nine grams of protein. You bring in the protein. You got eight grams of sugar. What flavor is that? Vanilla. But they're right there on the front of the pack. Triple cream. Just daring you to go. 9% milk fat. You want it. You know it. You're not afraid anymore of it. As I was doing my Eat it. my floor stretches this morning to loosen up my back. Fat back. Um, Your fat back? I was watching one of those, you know, that they have on PBS. I don't know if it's paid programming. It seems like it is, but it, where it's like some nutrition expert uh, going to change your life. Come on. Yeah. yeah. This one, he was going to separate fat from fiction. <laughs> you see what he did there? Who was it? Some doctory dude. Dr. Mark Hyman? Doctor, I think I would have remembered Heinen. Perlmutter. Perlmutter. Yeah, that's not a doctor. That's a state senator, isn't it? No, there is. Or a congressman. Isn't there? Green brain. Brain grain. <laughs> you heard it. All right. Anyway, speaking of me on green the brain. Speaking green brain. Speaking of me brain. on the floor doing my green brain. Doctor Perlmutter. Fuck you. My my floor exercise. Not him. You. You. 
Why yeah. not being so dismissive of Siggy's is great. Them. Iceland, that skier, they make that straight. It's kind of Greek yogurty-ish, but their own take on it. It's delish. You want that triple cream. Remember the brown cow? When we get the brown cow with the cream top? I would no. eat that all the time. Be like, this is pretty good. I'm not I feel like when I eat, like. But it's the influence of Tom Brady. I'm really bringing the, the dairy down in my life. Well, when I eat something like, especially like a whole milk me, yogurt. Me, me and Brady. I feel like there's a residue in my mouth, kind of like a greasy film that sticks around for a while. That's the thing that's that makes me think fat. it's. I know. That's what makes me think, yeah, I shouldn't be eating this. My mouth feels dirty. No. It does. It feels greasy. No. And my back. Apparently, if you drink puar tea. I think it's puye. Pu- no. I went to a. A There's a lot of mouthfeel going on there too, my friend. And you need to stick around into this episode because we're going to have the man of the hour Skyping in. Max Sever. Max Falkowitz from yeah. Sevuo Magazine. People, people know who he is. Come on. You can just say Max from Sevuo. You should say Sevuo. Sevuo. So well, Max. Look, so in his article, which is linked in the doc, and you get the doc by texting me or just signing up for the damn thing. Text the Soundhawk, 303-548-6877. Soundhawk, centuries, go. Puer pronounced, okay, how would you do this? Poo hyphen E-R-R. Puye? No. <laughs> so it's poo, that's air, right? To air is human. Puer. Puer, or poo hyphen A-H-R. Poo-R. 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 Well, I have to go so uh, start a fight at this tea shop where I went. We took a tour of a tea shop once and... Uh, well, let's not spill the beans on Pu'ar. You mean spill the leaves? Because, I mean, you can buy bags of... Pu- you could say spill the beans on a coffee segment. Oh, yeah, right. Segment. Okay, fine. Just tailor your puns. Stick around for that. We're talking about milk fat. Are I, we done? I was... Yeah. Your mouthfeel was a problem? Yeah, that's why I don't I'm like sorry. eating full fat things. It, You're not a dairy feels, guy anyway. No. Very, I don't think... It's a know, nice protein blast. It is, but... Uh, but it's a nice fat blast, too. Cow's milk is... Specially designed to feed cows. And it's full of pus. Not theirs. But almond milk is, is carefully calibrated to, to feed humans. <laughs> yeah, no. All right, man. I was trying to do a Eat more salads. Little... Remember that? Eat more salads. I ate a salad last night and the night before that. For dinner? A salad and some tater tots. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I ate last night. <sighs> Did the kids go for that? The kids had macaroni and cheese and a salad. They eat salad every night too. Yeah, we make a lot of salads. And some pears. But it's not the, it's like a side. I want it to be the focal. It's just a side. Oh, I give them a big bowl of salad. They both like ranch. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. Some milk fat. I don't give a fuck. Ranch. Buttermilk. Give them some triple milk fat, triple cream ranch. Go ahead. What I interrupt you on? Oh, I was trying to do a segue earlier. insight. Well, when I was telling you, I was on the floor doing my four yeah. exercises, yeah. and I saw that doctor. I was going to segue because he's talking about full fat, and I was going to segue into back pain because I was on the floor. I think it's Hyman. Hyman's a fat guy. I think Hyman's a fat guy. Huh? Doctors finally admit drugs can't fix most causes of back pain. Julia Baloo's. How dare you for putting this in here? Box. How dare you? My back is sore too, man. Ooh, mine is bad. Mine's okay. I've been going to lots of yoga. Well, yeah. You, I mean, I read this article. You want to talk about back pain on the show? <laughs> Just for a second. All right. A new guideline out Tuesday from the American College of Physicians suggests doctors recommend exercise and treatments like heat wraps, yoga, and mindfulness meditation to their patients before turning to medications like opioids or even over-the-counter over the painkillers. Yep, I would agree with that. 
quote, our best understanding of low back pain is that is a complex bio psychosocial condition. Yes. Meaning that biological aspects like structural or anatomical causes play some role, but psychological and social factors also play a big role, said Chu. I don't know who Chu is. Chu. Chu. I'm talking to Chu. Roger Chu, professor at Oregon Health and Science University. All right, Roger Chu. <laughs> I agree with all of that. You know what's missing? What? Sitting is cancer? When, when the difference between you reading a back pain article and me reading a back pain article? Let me see if I can find that line. Oh, because you have bulging, you have bulging discs. Well, there you go. But it's, uh, I have one. Fuck you. As far as I know. You have a bulging disc. I just have intensely sore muscles. Well, here we go. Ah, doctors talk about back pain in a few different ways, but the kind most people suffer from is what they call nonspecific low back pain. To be clear, this kind of low back pain has no detectable cause, like a tumor, pinched nerves, osteoporosis, or fracture, fracture. So, you know, it uh, must be nice sitting over there going, oh, yeah, my back hurts, but it's that nonspecific low back pain. At least I don't have <laughs> some sort of structural nerve issue. It's making my leg slowly die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We should never talk about back pain again. You can't do it, man. Uh, <sighs> but, hey, you know what's the nice thing about your back pain? I'm going to give you a silver lining to your back pain. There is no nice thing. No, there is. It's get, the get, one ailment you have. That has a concrete uh, cause. Your sorghumy shit, your chest problems. I think it's the so- it's the source of all the other problems. But I think my insight into this, and then we're gonna move on, <laughs> is that there there is an injury. Yeah, there is an injury that I have not dealt with because it's all of this shit, which is like oh the drugs don't work and this doesn't work and all the surgeries are you don't need to do that. I'm now like... Do you mean like an emotional injury? No, I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, there's a disc doing a thing that it's not doing for... Now, this is... Oh, but it's so weird. Because you will line up the MRIs and be like, oh, yeah, that one's got a bulging disc there. That one's got a bulge... I talked... It was in this article. Oh, talk to him. Like, well, that one's like barely in any pain, and that one's in a lot of pain. What's the difference? Oh, he hates his job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or he sits down. I got to do something about the problem. Because then I think from that, the stress of that and carrying that around and wearing you down, all these other little things pop up like sorghums. Yep. I got to go to the root See, cause. I just have a, I have a slightly softer version. I have back pain that aggravates. And it's like my hip. there's a I've connection got, with I've your got tinnitus. High hip, yeah, I've got high hip hamstring pain right now. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder if it's like some sort of... You mean butt pain? There's some sort of knot up there that I just keep working at, like right in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but I have that. That is not surprising. But coming out it, of your mouth. But but maybe that caused my see tinnitus it. partially. Oh, I got something for you. No, we, God, nobody wants to listen to this shit. You got to get yourself. God, what is it called? Rumble roller. Have you seen it? I bought one. I'll, let me show you a picture of it. Is it that orange one that they sell at Whole Foods? That's kind of squishy. No, this is like medicinal level r- roller. Oh yeah, you need this shit. Come on, come on, picture. Because it just grinds in there, my friend. Ooh. That will work out any knot. But you literally, you will roll on that for about three seconds and be like, okay, I'm done. That's it. You got to work your way up to it. It's painful. I heard I found that from Tim Ferriss. That tip, Tim Ferriss. <laughs> nah. Wow. Or, or not. 
Yeah, I don't know. What do you got for us here, Mark? Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. Cornell Food Lab, both the body type and serving behavior of an eating companion may influence the healthfulness and quantity of our food intake. What do you think about that? Did you process that? Who you eat with has an outcome. Yeah. These are the guys. No, yeah. You have have your friends who like... So you got your steak and potatoes friends. You go out with them. You're more inclined to eat a steak. Got your ranch salad friends. Yeah. You got your triple cream butterfat yogurt friends. You got your high butt pain friends. You got your low back pain pain friends. It's not a high frequency of butt pain. It's just, I guess it's low in my butt, high in my hammy. You might have a disc thing, dude. Anybody who has recurring, like the back just is always there. Yeah. You you got some disc things going on. Ah, shit. I shouldn't have said that. No, I mean, I can get lots of pops though. When I, I do self chiropractic. Yeah. Like when I lay my... Uh, Pops don't matter. No, it relieves pressure. I feel better after I get do, a pop. It, it does until... Yeah. Oh, until what, Mark? Oh, that, I, that, I until felt that what, way. rain cloud? <laughs> I felt that way. I'd be like, oh yeah, my back's feeling tight. Let me get on the ground, stretch it over this way and go, oh, that feels better. Then you went, wait a minute, you know what? It actually makes no difference. It's just a pop. No, it actually, it feels better when I do that. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> you fucker. I used to be there. Look at me no, now. You didn't. Look at me now. You always. Uh, I need an MRI right now. Stat. All right. That was my Bill Burr impression. Cornell Food Lab does these sort of behavioral food studies. They crank out the research. They do some interesting ones. We've had. Do we've, they? We've mentioned them on the show from time to time. Like, like I think I think of them when it's sort of like, oh, how are you going to get kids to eat more salad? Well, you don't put the pizza up front and the fruit in the back when you're going through the buffet line, you know, you switch them. It matters which, where you put what and how well it's lit and all that kind of stuff. Wow. That's, that's experience design. Oh, I forgot that it was. Yeah, it is. It really is. You want to? No. Oh, you're going to restrain just yourself. A quick little mention. Uh, so there's an article, New York Magazine, Science of Us, Cornell's Food and Brand Lab has a major problem. They dug in on some of their research and they're sort of picking them apart and then they're mad that they're not being transparent with their data and they hired some lady who cranked out some studies and now the studies aren't legit and oh my God, all of this insight we've gained into the behavior of eating maybe or not, maybe, who knows? TBD. I just someone, want you to know. at the Cornell Food Lab knows. Well, that's, it sounds Someone's like gonna leak. it's a little bit of a sciencey, researchy drama playing itself out on message boards around the internet as we speak. It's blowing up. I knew it felt hot in here. Their, their, their research is so obviously flawed. Somebody mentioned like when they published the results. Well, there was one angle where there's, here's our paid grad student who doesn't have time to crank out as much research as we, as we want. So we're going to get this volunteer woman. Like Who like intern? got three study? Yeah, like got three st- unpaid. I think got three studies published in a week off the same data set, and it's kind of like he let slip. Like here, take a look at this data. It didn't work out for our first time, but you got to find something in here, right? Ooh. Oh, that makes eyebrows go up. Yeah, that's not unfettered research. There's an agenda. It's like we paid money for this. See if there's something we can get out of it. It's just this pressure to publish. The pressure to publish. Especially in these like that's why I stayed out of sciences. academia. Yeah, me too. Fuck that noise. I'm ready for the sound cue. For Ooh, the Trump. I'm not we quite are ready watching. just yet, but now. Oh, that was pretty close. Pretty close. I was eyeballing it. I, I I just gave you a little just a 
glancing blow. I don't know where I found this. Twitter? I don't know what the hell this is. A receipt. It, it's a receipt from a Cochina Mexicana restaurant. Mezcalero. Yes. Washington, D.C. If you look, I believe this was one of the food critics. Ah, shit. I should have wrote down who. I didn't. My apologies to the person who took this photo and writes about food in a oh, major national newspaper. Is it newspaper. The, the little bit at the bottom? Is that what we're honing Look at the little bit at the bottom. It's right there on the receipt. Immigrants help make America great. Secret resistance. Dun, dun, dun. I like it. Well, and what's, there's a, there's a day coming up. It's, it's not called No Immigrants Day. A Day Without Immigrants. You know what I'm talking about? Didn't they already do that? Wasn't that yesterday? Was it yesterday? Didn't. Oops. <laughs> you didn't notice? I didn't go out. So I didn't go out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, immigrants across the country were going to go on strike. Good for them. Yeah. So all these pasty assholes can feel the pinch when they can't get their whatever it is they wanted for lunch. Got to eat out of a can like Mad Max. I can't keep up. I can't either. It's Trump America. It's mind boggling. <clears throat> it is. You got another one here. You going to give us another cue? I'm working on it. Oops, now I just made it shorter. Ah, not an exact science. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Got a Thor Harris update for you. Why do why does Thor Harris keep coming up in my show? Um, well, because I brought him in once. Yeah, but it's like but then, we love this guy? I don't know. He's I a like sort of a style. weird woodsman. I know, I like him. Okay. I feel like he's living a, an appropriate life. Oh. You know? I feel like he's kind of got some things figured out. Hmm. And uh, I like his poetry. Okay. His I have letters. not read his poetry. I have not read his He's letters. He's just an interesting guy. His correspondence. And I like that he wrote a book about like how to live kind of a simple life. Have not read it. So that happened. We talked about, we had that interview with, with him that we sorted through. But then right after that, he was in the news. For It's just like with our interludes. We're picking the music that ends mm, up on NPR. Mm. We're picking the stories before, they, before the dude blows up. Because mm. Thor, as you'll recall... He published a video. It was on Instagram and Twitter. And it was basically saying, you should never hit somebody. You should not punch a Nazi. But if you're going to punch a Nazi, if you have to, make sure someone's videoing it. And here's how you throw a correct punch. So you don't break your fingers or your wrist and you punch through the face, not in the face, through the face. That's right. Through the face. And uh, so he got suspended from Twitter. It was quite shut a down for a day or two. So he published a, uh, a post. Talking about the experience. So I just thought I'd give you, give you an update so we he can gave, round out our gave, Thor Harris. He gave that Twitter thing an end run, and now it's just the plot has thickened. So here we go. About, this is, this is Thor writing. Post-Trump America, we are watching segments. We are watching. So is Thor. About seven hours into this social experiment came a wave of right-wingers who found the vid- this video threatening and horrifying. They misperceived it as a call to <laughs> arms. It's so inappropriate when Don't he interrupt. laughs like that. Yeah. That wasn't even funny. These were white men and a few women. White men. These were these were white men and a few women. White men and a few women who wanted to put bullets in me. Oh. They also commented on what a messy slob I am in my ragged t-shirt. Well, that's I guess that was their way of suggesting I was in a lower class than them. <laughs> they also like to boast their love for guns in their mm. profiles. They mm. love guns like we love puppies. Quick pause. Yeah, go for it. I've been meaning to I want to tweet at Nate Silver and 538, the data people, right? Oh, yeah. I want them to do an analysis. Have we talked about this on the show? I don't think so. (sighs) Take your time. Where are the guns? Where are the guns? 
Why do you want to be closer to the guns or further away? Well, we have talked about like all these liberal minded people, like the foundations of our government are at stake. I should go buy a gun, I guess. Huh? None of us have the guns. We don't want the guns. We're morally opposed to the guns. All the guns are in Trump America. They've got all the guns. So when the shit hits the fan, they have all the guns. They got all the guns. I'm thinking you could do some data analysis on that through 538 and actually like make the point and prove it. Why would you need to prove that? Seems like common sense could prove that. I think you need data to prove that. I don't think you do. Remember when Gawker, somebody published all the, like, oh, geez, here's the, they got, they got a hold of, uh, of the stuff. uh, Yeah, the stuff. And they published it. And then everybody got mad. That sounds like something Gawker would do. All the gun owners in New Jersey or something. And they like put it on the web. Mm. Here's everybody. And it was like all your neighbors, like everybody had guns that you didn't think would have guns. Anyway. Yeah. I'm still struggling with that. Part of me feels like maybe I should just have a couple guns locked away in a safe. Then I feel like, you know, they always say about a knife. Like don't have a knife like for fighting. If you don't know how to fight with a knife or you're going to end up getting stabbed with your own fucking knife. I feel <laughs> like the same thing probably would happen with a gun. It's like you're a punk in New York it's city. Not maybe you'll get shot with your own gun. But if you have a gun and you have the, I have a gun mindset, maybe you're more likely to get shot at. Who got all jacked up? By a Puerto Rican gang and please kill me. One of the dead boys. It was. It was one of the weather report. It was one of the dead boys, I think. It wasn't Stiv Baders. I love Stiv. Um, no, I missed that dude. show. Hey, everybody, go back, check the, uh, we got a whole playlist. Well, it depends on where you find your podcast, but either somewhere in the feed or we have a whole playlist. Hey, just head to our SoundCloud page. It's SoundCloud page. There's a playlist there. Book buddies. <clears throat> Great little Please pod. kill me. You read along with that book. It's like five or six shows. Take you through it genius ends with legs mcneil himself an interview with legs all right from his oval bedroom finish this Thor thing is there anything else here dude w- finish what you went on this gun aside <laughs> how about you i think that's that? good proof empirical proof that like all the guns are here these are all the people that are mad and these people are like thinking the government's wrong we're gonna resist but wait a minute they've got all the guns and things are becoming deeper the de- the, the, the divides are deeper right so we can't What's count on them to, to have me? our backs as Americans. Right? What I did not understand until post-Trump America and the We Are Watching segment brought it to my attention, mm-hmm. it really is just as bad on the left as on the right. In the fake of- news and the hysteria shit. Like, I have deleted Twitter from my phone. Big boy. Gone. I check it. How? So that means I'm responsible now for tweeting fuck, everything? Yeah, fuck Twitter. Ooh. <laughs> What do you mean you deleted? When did you do that? You just retweeted something last night. No, I've got it on my computer. Oh, like your son. And, and on the iPad. It's on your computer and on the iPad. Yeah, but the phone's a big deal. Uh, no, it's not. Oh, ask Mark Marin. You're like one of those people that, that like says, oh, I don't own a TV, but you're watching hours and TV no, on your laptop. No, it's a big deal because okay. you're not checking it that. You check it a lot less. I check Twitter like when I remember once every three days. Yeah. So you're already there. I was checking it more often. I just don't give a shit about Twitter. I know what happens when I go to Twitter. It's just going to get me all in a boot. That's my point. Cause I've everyone's self- losing their fucking minds. Cause I'm looking at it and everybody's losing their minds. But what I've decided is that not only are they losing their minds, they're losing their minds over shit. They don't have to lose their minds over cause they're overreacting like the right would overreact. Just like the left is doing right and left. Wow. Need a new center. That's we- Sam Harris talking. <laughs> we need a new center. I was listening to a podcast from Sam Harris, who said, who's quite the thinker, and... Uh, and we're never going to get through this Thor thing. He said, said the, uh, the, le- the left is irredeemable. It's so far gone. 
And the point, oh, you will love this because it will bring you right back. Is Sam Harris on Brebert? No, no, he's a thoughtful man. Oh, okay. he's, he, he's best known as sort of the, one of the pillars of atheism and being oh, okay. rational and scientific. And But he probably... Yeah, because atheists he's on, aren't annoying. He was just on Bill Maher's show. He is a left-leaning person. But okay. one of his main arguments, and you will love this, because this okay. is, remember that chicken dinner in my backyard in the summer patio? Yeah. The, talking about the... Um, not the burqa, the hajib, hajib things got a little testy. <laughs> oh, I remember that you and the missus. Well, she was Ooh. angry. She was angry about something else. Well, that was, that's just how it expressed that, itself. That been, well, you're right. That was the last time we got together. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, his no, she point, wasn't angry at you. It, so she was this, angry at me. I know, but the, one of his points is that the left has gotten so entangled in its own liberalism and like putting its arm around Islamicism. And like Islam, I think you'd say. No, the Islamicists that people have sort of taken the hajib and said, this is a badge of honor now. I can wear this because I'm an empowered woman. And he's like, this is so twisted. Most of the people in the world don't want to wear that, right? If you want to wear it, go ahead. But we need to be reforming Islam. We need to be, oh God, I shouldn't say that. What am I doing what on this show? Doing, I don't know. I was about to Why talk about, you say I'd love I was this about point. to talk about terrorism. Should I say that? <laughs> no, my whole point that night was that we have to be open people, and honest. No, that but like, some people like some, wearing the hijab. It's not like, yeah, it's like they like wearing it. You were having the argument is why I brought it up because it's sort yeah. of like, Nobody should have to wear that. Well, if you want to wear it, go ahead. But you're right. Nobody should have to wear it. We have to reform. Well, yeah, no one should have to. He's very vocal about like, these are seventh century practices that have no place in a modern society. You can't be stoning women for, you know, for, for not covering themselves. All right, you yeah, well, you know, Christianity went through all this shit too. They just happened to do it a few centuries ago. Right? His point, I think, is that we're not even able to talk about things like that, mm. Right. And even to say things like, sure, this Trump Muslim ban is nuts. It's insane. It's dumb. But there is this kernel of truth that a lot of the fundamental terrorism coming out of Islam is related to Islam. And so there's something about that religion. As a, He says, if there were a bunch of Scientologists running around, like, just saying they wanted to kill authors who wrote about L. Ron Hubbard. Is that the right guy? Yep, that's L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, we would, we would reject that. We would have problems with that. Yeah. So in the same light, we have to, it's, it's, we've gotten obtuse in how we, I think, talk, Jesus, let's shut the fuck yeah. up. Dude, I don't know what you were doing, man. All right. How's Thor doing? <sighs> Is Max going to want to be on this show? <laughs> that I just no, did. No, no one's going to listen to it because you took it off the rails into some. He's not condoning or endorsing anything we have to say. Who isn't? <laughs> any, any guests? What, I don't know if I'm condoning what you're having to say. You're off the fucking. I got excited over something. Sam Harris. Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe it's it is for the best you delete a Twitter. No, we're done. No, we're I will done. open my feed now, now that I have some distance from it, and be like, my God, yeah, they are like creating 12 alarm fires over every little thing that Trump is doing. And well, it's because someone gets pissed over everything he does. I don't need Every examples. little thing. Nope, get off your computer. Like, this is the one that's going to get him impeached. Like, no, it, it's not. Not this one. Don't blow your wad on this one when that one over there is coming. Oh, God, people. How's Thor doing? Okay, the evening of February 8th, they, uh, they unsuspended my Twitter account. 
and sent me an email saying that the pornographic background on my profile had gotten me suspended. The background was an ink drawing I had made of penises. <laughs> I love how we've had this it whole had, nuanced discussion and Thor is the arbiter of free speech, but not nah, you just put a dick pic on your Twitter profile. No, not a, an ink drawing. That's art. Sorry. It had been there for years. The Christian right had busted me on a technicality. Ah. By that point, the video was bouncing all over the world. So that's just relevant because last time we were trying to conject, I suppose, like, like, why did Twitter suspend his account? Because it wasn't totally clear. You were having trouble with that. You were like, I don't get it. Well, we both were. Well, you more than me. Not really. I'm you, not. It's not a were, criticism. <laughs> well, no, we were trying to decipher, like, did Twitter suspend it because he was talking about Nazis or because he was right. talking about doing violence against Nazis? Right. We weren't clear. You were not clear. I was just kind of saying, I, you don't mention Nazi. That's, you mention Nazi, you might get flagged, regardless of what you say. Mm. You're like, how could these neo-Nazis be like, Saying stuff on the, like, that. I think you're wrong. Check the tape. Check your head, man. So here's a, a, a little battle cry from Thor. My friends, this is no time to just see what happens. This is the time when you should have your senators and the White House helpline on speed dial. Call every day. I think that's true. Twice a day. Text the word daily to 228466. Uh, but first, text the word. Can I finish? S- Text the Soundhawk. What word should you text the Soundhawk? Newsletter. Newsletter. 303-548-6877. Boy, this is just getting very complicated, isn't it? Call, God, text the word daily to 228-466 for daily acts of resistance. Follow Real News, BBC, Reuters, New York Times, Uh-oh. NPR, Washington Post, Uh-oh. Guardian, The Economist, AP, or Slate. Oh, no. Those are not real. BBC is legit. New York Times. Depends on who pretty you're talking good. to. NPR, legit. I've seen some crazy stuff in, a, in, a, in the New York Times headlines. I still think they're legit and they're doing I think real BBC work. and NPR are probably like the, yeah. the stalwarts here. Maybe Everybody the else is getting in. Slate? I mean, oof. I love them. But if I'm Trump standing up at a press conference checking my makeup first, you see those photos? Of him checking his makeup? No, maybe, maybe that was a butler. Marty. Marty Butler. Found a photo and like it's a if you, his hair oh, where blows his up. Blowing. Yeah, and you can see the makeup line. Yeah, the makeup line. Oh my god! Nah, the guy's a mess. Follow, move on, and indivisible. <sighs> Our country is in the hands of fools. Well, that's true. I'm glad I put that video out there. Anyone you are? who Thor is Thor is anyone who was bothered by it and not bothered by President Trump has much to learn about the world and how to live in it. So, what do you think about that, Mark? I think we've talked enough about all this. All right. I think it's time to listen to some Peter Tosh. <laughs> this is a Natch. It's a food news podcast. Not a religion and <laughs> politics podcast. You baited me somehow. I, no, I did not. You completely conjured that out of thin fucking air. This show is called Natch. Food news eventually. When we come back from the interlude, that will be the eventually part. Are we going to come? We're going to come right in well, with a guest. Well, we'll probably see. We'll probably check in and then head right in with Max. Okay, we'll introduce him in a second. Let's listen to some Peter Tosh. Oh, It'll make us feel better, I think. That's a good call. Yeah. You know how he died, though? You can tell me later. I can stand this no longer The wicked gets stronger I can stand this no longer I said, don't you wait 
against the wall Just one step to progress And I know Ja will help you all Good God against the wall just one step to progress and i know ja will help you all i say them have to get a beat all right they must get a beat Mark just needs a minute. This, this back pain thing we're talking about, it's real. Mark sits on the floor too long. This is what happens. My shins are asleep. Just just walking or taking a few steps. To... Oops. What are you doing? I was trying to get a story of... No, 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 no. Okay. Oh. Okay, well, one thing we'd like to do on this show... Well, wait, first maybe you should tell me how Peter Tosh died. You kind of laid that egg. Oh, I told you that over the break. You want me to redo it? He no, was, you he didn't was gunned down. He was gunned you didn't down. tell me that over the break. Don't make shit up. He was gunned down in his home um, by some thugs. That's like pretty sad. 43. Him and a bunch of people in his band. and I think one of them got hung for it, but they were trying to rob him. He didn't have any money in his house. It went south. They were shooting around. They ended up shooting a bunch of people. Dead. 43. That's terrible. How do you know so much about Peter Tosh? You know, so there's things you don't know about me. Back in your Rasta days? I've shown you my uh, rock and roll tour bus. Would you like to see the inside of a rock and roll tour bus, Mark? We would now like to introduce Mac... <laughs> would we? Mac the Knife? <laughs> Max. Dun, dun, bum, bum. Max. Are you say his last Max name? Fal- oh, I don't know how to say it. Falkowitz? Falkowitz. 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 It's compelling. Executive digital editor at Sever. Savil. I believe you would say, well, we'll ask him, Sever. I think it's Savil. Everybody knows Sever. <clears throat> In addition to being the executive digital editor at Sever. Let me see. My, oh, he's an ice cream whisperer mm-hmm. and a dumpling sleuth. Both and good a, tea, to be. a tea addictive native New Yorker who loves long walks down the aisles of Chinese groceries. He's the author, co-author of the Dumpling Galaxy Cookbook, coming January 2017 from Clarkson Potter. He wrote a whiz-banger of an article on Pu'er Tea. Pu'er. Pu'er Tea, which we will now talk about. Welcome, Max. What? So we did have, I think, up front some questions about pronunciations. I think we need to start with pronunciations. Uh-huh. So why don't you hit those, Mark? What were the... Well, there were, th- there were three. The first one was your last name... Falkowitz? Falkowitz. Uh, the second one. Falkowitz. Like a, not like yes. a falcon, like a like, fal- the, like the Falkland Islands. Well, it depends. It de- you know, like, like, it depends how, how, um, 
how fancy you want to make me sound. My, my queen's relatives would say Falkowitz because they have really nasal voices. Foul. So it's up to you. Like a foul. Okay. All right. It's good to know there's yeah. a little leeway. We have that on tape. We can yeah. go back and check it. <laughs> Two would be, I would. I say Saveur. Josh says Saveur. And he's wrong. Uh, it's it would be uh, Saveur is probably the best English pronunciation. Oh, that's English. Yeah. And yeah, we're both wrong. But if but if you <laughs> if you're going with the French, it'd be Saveur. It'd be like a little more Saveur. Right. No, you're wrong. All, All right. right. The one that matters obviously is um, Pu'er or Pu'ar. I've even heard Pu'ye. Uh, he says Pu'ye, and I think I he's heard wrong. Pu'ye once. Well, and it's uh, and and in, in Cantonese, it's it's Ole. So, it, uh, but I, I go with Pu'er or Pu'ar. Um, either of them are fine. Uh, but Pu'er is what I usually say. And it's almost like one's Pu'er. It's like you're saying like saying the word yeah. poor, but stretching it out a little bit. The, the, probably the most accurate romanization is that there's a P-U apostrophe E-R, and that, that best reflects what's happening with the Chinese. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's based... It, it, yeah, there's, there, it's not like poo earth. They're sort of joined together a little bit. All right. Glad we cleared that up. <laughs> I think we got that. It's, it's hard. Um, with excruciating detail. <laughs> so... The, the big takeaway for me from this article is I don't know enough about tea. I'm fascinated by the ritual of it. I want to get into it. Um, and so the, the smart question would be, how did you become sort of tea expert? How did you get steeped oh. in the world of tea? Mm-hmm. Um, and do you want to ask that now or do you want to wait until <laughs> no, I think we just Oh, no, asked we're it. recording. Well, this is, that oh. was, that was the question. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to waste that pun on uh, <laughs> for if the mics aren't hot. Like 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 all like all good drugs, it started for me in college. Um, a friend introduced me to um, actually introduced me starting with poor, um, and it was terrible. It was it was really terrible. It was really, it was really poor quality poor that tasted like ripe potting soil, mm. and um, that one's kind of turned me off. And then we went through a bunch of different teas, and I. I I sort of I, I was I was fascinated. I was curious. I was getting more into cooking at the time, and it was it was something that there wasn't a lot of information about it. I wasn't crazy about coffee, and there was just so much out there to learn. And there was um, you know people talk about wine and beer having uh, having long histories, and craft coffee having all of this tradition. Tea beats them all. Tea has been around for thousands of years. Tea has been a lot. Tea has been around for almost as long as China's been around. And it's, it's something that, that really manifests in so many different ways from, from culture to culture. Uh, even today, there, there's so much variation in what tea means for someone, both as, as a drink and as a ritual and as a social experience. Um, and and that, was, that was the other part that really drew me in, was that, 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 that you don't really drink tea alone. It's a something that's shared and it's something that you're supposed to really share to understand it more and it's that a lot all the traditional forms of consuming tea involve a shared experience um so it becomes not just an aesthetic thing but but a form of socialization and a form of collective learning uh so pursuing that with people. The people you wind up meeting in the tea world tend to be pretty chill, easygoing people. So they're nice people that you want to know. And so the social and the intellectual aspects kind of give this feedback loop and you just keep wanting to dig deeper. 
And so in that sense, there's a big difference from like ordering a tea at a coffee shop and then actually sitting down and going through the ceremony of making a pot of tea with somebody. Yep. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's a really, um, it's a really, it's, it's one of the reasons why I don't really drink tea it out if I'm not making it. It's not because it's bad when you go out and buy it somewhere, but it's just not the way that I really want to, to be doing it, that it's something to, to really get the most out of good quality tea. You want to take your time with it. You want to sit down and appreciate it. And, um, yeah, coffee shops just don't really don't really do that for me. And, and this should, you know, this is all in the context that you know in Asia, people are drinking tea in all sorts of different ways. They're drinking it alone. They're drinking it together. Um, and the, you know, the, the most common way you'll see people drinking tea in China is they just have a big water bottle, and it's about one third of the way filled with a bunch of wet leaves, and they're just refilling it with hot water throughout the day. And uh, there's no ceremony to it all. To it at all. It's just the daily drink. Um, and like the other, the really fun thing about tea is that you can make it as serious or as not serious as you want. Um, but th- there's definitely something to be said for for taking your time with really good quality stuff and um, and exploring it with someone. See, I don't think I've done that. I I I had no concept. I th- I think of like there's a stimulant effect to some tea. You get a caffeine hit, but I'd never, I don't think I've ever even gotten close to like a high off of tea. A blue air high. Yeah. I don't, it seems like this is a real thing, huh? Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's something that, uh, I, I was, I was hesitant to, to write too much about it in the story uh, because so tell us it's, more. <laughs> it's a different, it's a different experience for everyone. And, um, uh, people who take more exotic drugs than I do might call it all poppycock anyway. Uh, but, it's it's something where you also have to like kind of a you have to be using a certain quality of material and not even all good quality teas will produce those somatic effects and b those effects are different for every person. There's um, uh, someone that I drink tea in my office with who uh, who um, is rail thin and eats a much better diet, and I'm you know overweight and eat terribly, and we experience tea very differently in part because we're like very different people. Uh, and so it, it's a really personal thing, but there's, um, with, with the right stuff, if you pay attention to it, there's, it's definitely there. It's, it's, um, I don't think it's the, the end goal of, of drinking good tea, but it's an interesting part of the poor experience that has certainly distinguished it, especially in the last few decades. And, it, and is it sort of, um... is poor known for that effect, like um, among other teas? Is that the one? Yeah, that's that's it's it's not the only one, but it's one that that has. Uh, that's what a lot of the, the discussion about it is um, on both sides of the ocean. Uh, that it's 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 made from these really, it's made from from the larger leaf, uh, the, the, the the larger leaf variety of the tea plants. There's two varieties, and the, most of what most of the tea that's produced around the world is made from the small leaf variety. Uh, so the larger leaf varieties are like they're big, burly. Um, Trees and, and, and really good quality um, uh, mountain core that's grown from older older uh, older trees. Like these things look like giant rustic monsters. They don't they don't look like tea bushes. Um, and there, there's if you want to get poetic about it, there's a certain uh, wildness that that translates into the tea. When I was introduced to Pu'er uh, at a tea poor. shop, Pu'er. At that time, that's I think that's where someone told me it was Pouye, so I'm curious about the quality of what I was drinking now. <laughs> but the the guy there was really selling it as something that could uh, 
Like if, if you suffered from migraines and you felt a migraine coming on, you'd drink a cup of this tea and it would knock out your migraine. And I, he listed a bunch of other kind of perceived health I'll benefits he to, yeah. to poor. Um, so those weren't in the article. I was wondering if that was something that you'd encountered at all. Well, I, emphasis on the perceived part there, that as, as wishy-washy as the whole, you know, whether it gets an eye thing, the, there, there's very little peer-reviewed medical research about yeah. it. And um, it's, I, I make a deliberate point of not bringing up health claims at all, uh, pretty much in any food writing, but especially with regard to tea, because Smart. There's, a, there's a lot of misinformation, and it's really hard to verify anything. Um, what I would say about different tea experiences that I've had is that um, each poor will have, can have really different uh, somatic effects on you. There are some that are really that are really mellow and quiet, and others that um, that that people tell me will give them a headache. Um, and there, there's there's some that will give you like certain amounts of headache. So it, it's it's not as as clear cut. And a lot of tea sellers are. In the West, that's one of the primary marketing tools, and that's sort of how consumers have been trained to think about, about tea, and they, they, they try to ascribe really clear categories between this type of tea will do this thing, and that they're, like, they're treating it like, like, like prescription medicine, and that's, that's not... Um, yeah. and, and in traditional Chinese medicine, it's often treated the same way, but I don't think that's really um, uh, a genuine... I think that's a disingenuous way to, to look at what the tea can offer you. We've got a great quote, too. Is, is, I have a quote. I wonder if it's the same quote. It's something when you were describing Paul Murray. I was about you, to get to Paul Murray. Yeah, who, who uh, is the the un, un He's like the unseen. tea wrangler. Well, get to the quote. Uh, you said that uh, to him, let's see, the innate vitality of the tea matters to him far more than the fluttering factual details we're trained to focus on as consumers. I love that quote. And it kind of touched on what he just said. Well, mine was different. I've drunk poor as soft and warm as a down comforter on a winter morning. Another as exhilarating as the first deep breath of mountain air on a hike through the woods. One bad trip sent me spiraling into a panic so severe I had to pop a Xanax to calm down. I remember that quote too. That was a good <laughs> right. one. True, true story. True story. Was that was that in China? Or was that well? That must have been in China. Maybe. No, that that was here. Actually, was here? It's, it's with some stuff that, 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 that it's now been aging along, and it's, it's a lot more mellow now. So it's it's a lot more drinkable. But I had to leave it alone for about a year before I could come back to it. Whoa. Now, so yeah, getting to Paul and um, who's who's a sort of. You know, my words, but shadowy figure wrangling tea from the finest old arbor uh, spots in Highland China, etc. Um, I didn't know it. Like, I'm looking at here, the treachery of storytelling part two, and you get like one cake for 370 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know this world at all. Is So if you buy a, if you buy some sort of poor tea bag off the shelf at Whole Foods, just night and day to something like this. Yeah, and and that that pricing doesn't even begin to touch what the pricing is for premium material um, in China. Uh, that's um, I, I don't know what what Paul's margins are. My guess is that his margin for that cake is probably lower. His profit margin is probably lower than for some of his others. Hmm. Um, but there's there's material that I mean, when when tea enthusiasts talk about, it, they're talking about pricing it out per gram, and um, there's material that easily goes for three, four, five, ten dollars a gram um, that just never makes it to the West because it's, it's, it's scooped up before it ever gets that far. And there's no, really, there's no real market for that here at that high of a price point. And that's why they have to be so... Like, this came across, I think, in the article with Paul especially, like you, the, the whole chain of custody, right? Like he was... He wanted to see it get plucked. He wanted to see it travel to 
wherever it got processed and dried. And then he wanted to see it turn into a cake and you had to like, so they didn't swap it out on him at some point in that, you know, logistical chain. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a big deal because the dollars are higher. Yeah. And, and, and what, what I, what I like about Paul too, is that he sells some products that on their package that, that he, a lot of, he, he's also in, in addition to being a producer of D, he's also a reseller that he's, uh, finding antique cakes and selling them to the West. Um, and he's even buying some fresh leaves, um, not directly from farmers, but he has some pals um, who scope out other parts of Yunnan, because that's also part of the problem. Yunnan is huge, and it's really impossible to get around to all the different tea regions um, in a season. So you have to put some of your trust in, in certain contexts to keep that chain of custody for you. Um, but for some of his antique cakes, they out and out lie, like the, the packaging out and out lies about what the material is. And he says, yeah, this is saying, this, this label says that this tea is, you know, from trees that are these many hundreds of years old and mm-hmm. it's from this region and um, it's all organic and like all that's lies, but it's still good tea, so you should buy it. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I really love that as a, as, um, as, as a perspective. And he leaves... Um, he leaves it up to you to decide whether or not you like it, whether or not it's, it's good, whether or not it's fairly priced. That's very much, um, that it, it, he's, he's not trying to make any assertions about what it should be, just what it is. Well, I like, uh, to you, I think you're talking about the Yunnan province and you mentioned that there's, there's no dogma about what tea is or how it should be consumed, which I think is really cool. Like everyone kind of has their own method of producing the tea and then, uh, you know, making a cup of tea. So it's like very personal, which I feel like right now, especially with like coffee, it seems like it's, it's very dogmatic. Like it seems like there's very specific ways that everyone thinks that a cup of coffee should be made now. I mean, there's a few different tools you can use, but yeah. it seems very rigid. Whereas this well, seems a little more poetic. It's just water and leaves. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it's also um, the difference between people in producing regions versus people in consum- consumption regions that if you go to... Um, tea-consuming parts, because uh, because in in Yunnan they're drinking pork because it's what's there, but in the same way that people in Burgundy are drinking wine because it's what's there. Uh, whereas if you go to what parts, are we drinking? Like, really Coke? high-end. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Um, if you go to to parts of of China where where pork is really a hot commodity, there's a lot of dogma about it. Um, but what 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 I find is so interesting about about growing regions, and I think it's true for coffee, it's true for chocolate, is that they're just growing it as a crop, and it's it's a commodity, it's a product, and it has this enormous cultural heritage, and it has this enormous cultural value. But at the end of the day, it's 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 you know how you make your living. So there, some producers, producers, uh, and I think that this is one of the reasons that there's there's a lot of um a lot of falsification in 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 how people represent what their what their tea is because they'll sell whatever they'll call it whatever you want if that's what makes you happy and makes you want to buy it yeah well there's some yeah um i was going to say there's something to asian culture about the the commerce of china that that (laughs) rings a few bells (laughs) we look a lot at the supplement industry and like a lot of that stuff's made in china and um, yeah and you go you go back a few hundred years and you get a lot of the same fraud anywhere in europe you get a lot of that same fraud anywhere um there's, the, I think the real difference is, is a lack of, of regulatory agencies, and um, that there, there's there's very few government standards. Uh, that the, the Chinese government, until um, the last few decades, was fairly hands off with Yunnan. It's it's been in an autonomous region of the country for uh, for a long time, and now that poor is becoming a hot commodity, the Chinese government is is looking to 
cash in on that cachet and trying to, to, to make it more of a, there, there's more of a move to make poor like the tea of China and um, to, to take this, this very regional product and, and try to extend it into the broader Chinese national identity, which I find really interesting. And we'll wrap up here in a second, but it, since you've been to Yunnan and seen it, like there was a sense of, there was a sense that the people there, you know, we're building roads. We have more disposable income. This is good. We, yeah, it's just this commodity that we've known forever and we let, we, we drink, but these people seem to want it for thousands of dollars for well, whatever the number was a lot per gram. Um, is it, and they well, they were worried about uh, cars, right? That came through well, pollution, the I think. pollution from cars affecting some of these old growth. Um, plants, I think. What's your question, Mark? I don't know. My question is, like, does it feel like it's a place that's changing? Or is it, you know, that, like, we're kind of disrupting the way things should be? Because we're in the West, we want to drink some expensive tea? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely it's definitely changing, and it has nothing to do with the Western market. The Western market is is a speck of mm. the total demand for, for poor uh, these days. It's still mostly domestic, but, um, I mean, you, 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 all you have to do is look at how Shanghai has changed over the past 50 years to know that when China changes, it changes fast. Yeah. And uh, the, the pace is slower in Yunnan because it's still, it's still fairly rural, it's still fairly agricultural. Um, but every year when Paul goes back to Menghai, it's a totally, um, there's totally new buildings that weren't there before. There's, there's um, whole city blocks that weren't there before. Um, Jing Hong Jiang, who, was, who grew up in, in Yunnan and did a, uh, a lot of um, anthropological field work there during the poor boom in 2007 um, hasn't been back since. And she was telling me when we were talking that she might not even recognize certain parts of certain cities because they've changed so much. Um, and it's, it's too, the, the changes, there's too much changing to draw any clear cut lines as to whether or not it's a net positive or a net negative. I think it's just going to change and uh, people are going to have to confront the realities of that change, and consumers would do well to be aware of what that change involves. Hmm. Well, that's I, ca- that's that's kind uh, of oh you, you oh, huh? uh, uh, what do you got? I got one more question. Then I do too. Oh well, that's two questions. What's yours? Mine's like mine's mine's playful. Uh, <laughs> we'll see about that. Mine's neophyte question. Like okay. I'm sold. I want to sort of explore this world more. How do I migrate up the, up the value chain from my tea bag off the shelf at Whole Foods? What's a good way to sort of get my feet wet here? What, what, you help me. Go to Paul Murray's site, man. Well, I could spend a lot. Of, yeah, it looks like I could buy some of these tea cakes for a lot of money. Yeah, so I think the, the, best, the best, I mean, the first thing is you'll, you'll you, when you, you want to dive into the loose leaf world. Um, yep broadly to start and uh, it, it really I think it really pays off to buy buy sample sizes before you're committing to large uh, large quantities and the downside of buying poor versus buying other types of teas is that because it's mostly compressed into cakes you're, the, the minimums are usually much larger but mo- mo- most sellers do offer sample sizes that they sell at a higher profit margin but they allow you to only buy um, a couple ounces rather than a pound of tea at a time and uh, you, you really want to sample widely across um, across ages, across regions, um, across uh, factories, and across buyers, um, because different buyers will be selecting for different characteristics, or different buyers might have certain storage facilities that you might like. Um, and you really you really want to start with a range, and um, don't don't give up on a, if you're buying from a, a well-respected vendor. Don't don't give up on a tea after. Um, 
after your first couple steepings, you really want to like steep. These are teas that are designed to steep out for a long time, and you want to um, brew them in that. Uh, how, however, you brew them, you, you, you want to like give them enough time to evolve and really tell their story. Um, and your first session with it, and you want to do a couple sessions before you you air you like pass judgment on it one way or the other. The same way that you know what you're eating will affect how your wine tastes, you know, what's, you know, what's going on in your head, what you've been eating that day will affect how your tea affects you. Well, it sounds like if we're going to follow Max's advice also, we'll have to do it together. Me and you, Mark. Well, we have tea. We, tea. we could have a podcast we, where we just steep tea. We're, we're drinking tea the whole podcast, but yeah. we're just, it's just not the right stuff. Yeah. We're just drinking bagged tea. Yeah. Ru- Ruibos. And then, then just get progressively tea stoned over the course of your, uh, over the course of pretty much what happens. Yep. All right. Well, let's let him go. I have one more question. I got one more question for Max. Uh, What does it mean to be an ice cream whisperer? Oh, um, well, in my, in my other life, um, I've, I've been an ice cream recipe developer for, um, for uh, a number of years and we're actually in the office churning, uh, making six quarts of ice cream today for a shoot we're doing next week. Um, so I mean, it, it, it's it's uh, what I try to tell people is that you know, you're making ice cream. It's like hunting for deer. You want to like listen to the machine and listen to how it's struggling against the churn, and that's how you can tell how your ice cream is coming along. And it's a really sen- like sensory experience. Um, Helps and, you drink a big uh, pot of Pouillet tea before that, probably. <laughs> yeah, and some bourbon. Get yourself a little. Uh, there you go. <laughs> um, so it's it's a. Uh, it, yeah, and, and ice cream and tea are, of course, really good bedfellows together anyway. So, um, Ice cream and bourbon. Yeah, and those are also great bedfellows. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's a separate, separate conversation. All right. Well, thanks, Max. Really yeah, thanks for it. checking in. That was a lot of Thank fun. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it, too. Well, it's a great piece of work. We enjoyed reading it. Yeah, wonderful article. Great. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Can't wait to see the podcast. Yeah. Have a great All weekend. Right. All right. Bye. Look. All right. Thanks to Max. That's Sa- a lot of fun. I think we should. Saver seems like a pretty exciting place to work. Oh, that is the American. Saver. He called it Saver. the American. Yeah, but. Oh, did you hear all that activity? A couple they're of like, effects like us. They're constantly testing out kitchen Afeets? equipment. Af- elevators. What'd you say about elevators? I'm saying Sav- Saver seems like an exciting place to work. They're always Saver. testing new equipment. It sounded like they were testing equipment. There was elevators. A lot going <laughs> there on. There was a lot going on. I th- if we. Um, I like this. We'll continue to reach out to sort of um, the people on the front lines making this news. On the front lines of food, Mark. Reporting this news. Well, they're not. They're reporting the news that other people made, but they're closer to it than we are commenting on their reports of the stuff that people make. Yeah, way to put a bow on it there. So, so we're gonna we'll keep reaching out to people like that. And you know what? If they're in a busy office and there's some audio shenanigans going on, All I can handle it. I can handle it. Well, if the soundhawk can handle it, then I guess we're okay. Yeah, and I can. Can you could do a soundhawk? Nah. You got some food news for us, Soundhawk? Moving on. Some more food From news, the world of, I learned it, poor. Poor. You're never going to get it. Poor. Poor. Sever. Sever. And I'm going to go with the royal pronunciation, Falkowitz. Falkowitz. Max Falkowitz. Okay. 90% of fish we use for fish meal could be used to feed humans instead, Claire. Leshen whore? Okay, NPR, bro. Don't know how to say it, but bro. You know Claire? Nope. Okay. Having cross paths with Claire. All right. In a world with many food insecure populations and people that could substantially benefit from having more fish in their diet. What? Did you do this quote? 
dot, dot, dot. Oh, that we're using 20 million tons of fish to feed aquaculture and livestock production. Something's missing from this quote. <laughs> you get the gist. Here's what's funny to me. If, I think if people, people want to turn to our that. Instagram stories and well, they, that story will be gone by the time you're hearing this. But I got footage of you lambasting me, telling me how to do the quotes in the doc. Oh, sorry. Here's what you do. You put two quotes in. Good. And look what you've done here. Look I at this people, mess. This is Tim Cashin, research assistant at Sea Around Us, a project at the University of British Columbia's Institute for Oceans and Fisheries that works on globally reconstructing marine catches from 1950 to present. Okay. So what we're finding is that we're making a lot of fish to, to feed, feed the fish, fish farms. Yeah. When this is fish, that could just be feeding people. You know, trash fish, lower. It's it's like sardines and stuff that you could just be eating. Remember that lovely I love sardine? sardines. We made sardines with Mark Bittman in his kitchen in Cold Spring. That was one of the best evenings of my life. Everybody, you should go listen to the Get Bit pilot. Where should they us. go? Anywhere, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Stitcher, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, Alexa, Alexa, Get Bit, and then it'll come up, and then right away you'll hear it. I think well, it's no. it's him in the pantry, and then it's the cook, and then we start no, cooking him in a little the kitchen, bit. and then after the cute intro, we start cooking. Okay, whatever. He's got sal- sardines and packed in salt. So he, there's he orders them off Amazon. There's something Alexa. fishy going on. Nice. Yep. But it's not that clear, right? It's like we could either the water's could, a little murky. We could we could eat human direct. We could feed directly on some of these uh, some of this bycatchy type stuff, or. Uh, Dude, I could eat nothing we but also anchovies for are extracting, this is food for bigger fish. And so we're extracting it out of their food supply, which is putting pressure on them so that we can then go feed these other kind of fish in these farms. Oh, yeah. It's just all oh, good. The, the takeaway from this the article smaller is the fish that you eat, the, the lower down on the food chain you eat, the less mercury you're getting out of your fish. Human intervention. If you look around the world at all the cuisines and rely that rely on these oily, healthy fish throughout the centuries, they haven't found it hard to prepare. You know who's saying this? Dan Barber. Oh, Barber. Big brain in food. He's saying these little fish are good. Yeah. Well, he's saying- One doesn't covet a sardine the way we covet a halibut. Well, that's just plain wrong. You got to switch your thinking. Well, he's saying the problem, you quit griping about you don't know how to prepare it. It's not culturally safe for you. You know how to do salmon, but you don't know how to do anchovies. Well, hey, it ain't hard. Every time- I go to Whole Foods. If I'm at the right Whole Foods, I pick up. They have a pack of anchovies. They're packed in oil. They're so fucking fresh and delicious. I'd eat nothing but that. Just I, I crave that way more than I ever crave a halibut. Tell you what. One doesn't go to... Barbara makes a good analogy when comparing typical forage fish to land-based grain crops. Interesting. Oh, about how we're feeding all the food we could be feeding to people to a bunch of cows? It's true on the farm as well. We eat wheat and corn and rice, but we don't eat millet, rye, or buckwheat. They're the sardine equivalent. They have high yields, beneficial to the ecology in the same way smaller fish are, yet we don't have a culture around eating rye the way Europe does or millet in North Africa or buckwheat like Japan. Yeah, we're fucked. Complex problems. But you know what? It's kind of like... It's because we're... One of the source solutions. You want to get close to like really cracking the code on that problem it's 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 more it's less the supply chains it's all it all it's all important all of it mark but you got to teach people to be okay with this kind of stuff sardines like learn how to make rap. it and to feel comfortable eating it sardines are like bum food that's what that's what people think it's like a bum food you feed sardines to a bum i got it i'm not a fucking bum i eat halibut i eat salmon wrong we're all fucking bums Get off your bum and get some anchovies in you. Lots of omega-3s. 
Good for your cholesterol. Restricted spyware used to hack advocates of Mexico's Mexico's soda tax by oh, I want to, I gave you this one. I'm excited Nicole to hear it. Cole Perloff of New York Times. I'm excited for this one. So with your permission, I'm just going to dig in the way you did. I'm going to open with a quote, if that's okay. Mm. You tell me how to do this, because hey, clearly man. you know best. No, clearly you know best. I'm picking better quotes, I'll tell you what. These are juicy. You ready I'm for looking this? at this doc, and there are... Th- hey, these are abbreviated, too. This was a long article. to get all these quotes. No, no, no. Last summer, Dr. Simon Barquera's phone started buzzing with a series of disturbing text messages from unknown numbers. One said his daughter had been in a serious accident... In another, someone claimed to be sleeping with Dr. Barquera's wife. Dude. Can you imagine that? Getting those texts from these weird numbers, but with strangely personal messages? How's that sit with you? I thought we had some drama in that poor story, but this is getting... uh, Shit's about to go off. Hollywood. Shit gets live. Ready? That same week, Louis Manuel Encarnacion. Jesus. He's got a very long last name. You You know what? I give a pass on... Never mind. Uh, then the director at Foundation Midet, a foundation in Mexico City that battles obesity, also started receiving strange messages with links. When he clicked... No, I didn't realize I should have given you the one with all the pronunciation challenges. Mr. Encarnacion. Mr. Encarnacion. Don't shake your fucking head. I think that's I, right. I, I have a headache. Was ominously redirected to Galloso, Mexico's largest funeral service. So now you're getting a link sent to you. So wait a minute. I didn't catch it. So the first one was, they're starting to text him saying, your daughter's hurt. I'm sleeping with your wife. And then what happened? What they're trying to get them to do is click on these links that are embedded in the text messages. Okay. Um, And then when you click the links. And that's going to open up some spyware. It opens up spyware, bro. Oh, shit. What do these two dudes have in common? Both of them vocal proponents of Mexico's 2014 soda tax. Oh, so the links sent to them were laced with an invasive form of spyware developed by NSO Group, an Israeli cyber arms dealer that sells its digital spy tools exclusively to Russia, to governments, and that has contracts with multiple agencies to the Trump administration. Mexico. That's probably on its way. So why is this a big deal? Soda tax, Mark? I, I'm putting the pieces together, and I'm not liking the final Mexico, equation. Mexico is... High co- rates of obesity, diabetes. Well, no, but it's also Coca-Cola's biggest consumer market. You bet it is. Uh, per capita, by per capita consumption. So Col- this, culturally, it's viewed as like sort of a, a, a reward. What? That you're not poor. You can afford Coke instead of water. It's a, I know this because I'm not Mexican. <laughs> what? You're just Proceed. talking out of your ass? No, no. There's, there's, there's a cultural element to the uh, same in Brazil and other places where it's like... So after the tax you, It's passed, okay to be a little, a little pudgy. Well, it's like, yeah, King George, right? He's royal. You know he's rich because he's fat. It used to be fat people there's were the rich people. But there's now the fat that. people are the rich and the poor. And they're drinking a lot of soda. And we know that a soda tax helps. Yep. Mark Bittman taught us that. Among others. I like Mark Bittman's explanation best. Why don't, you, don't, you don't like Mark Bittman? He invites you into his kitchen and this is how you thank him? You're not going to give him fucking credit? Unbelievable. I have my own mind too. I don't know what's in your fucking mind, man. Uh, so Coke and other soda giants have lobbied against the tax through various industry groups like ConMexico. Sure, sure, sure. So, so, what, so moving along, what did, what's the outcome? They just think that they were spying on them, well, trying what? to learn dirt that they could blackmail them? Or they Probably. wanted to... I mean, this spyware essentially 
They can get into your phone. They can read all your emails. They can go through all your social media. They can turn on your camera and your microphone whenever they want. And your lo- they know where you are. What? Well, yeah, your phone is a tracking device. It's got a camera. It's got a microphone. They can just turn all that shit on. Do you think they're watching you when you go to your tasteful nudes collection? My tasteful nudes? I mean, God help them if they're that bored. Um, so this, uh, this product that, uh, that so where does it go from here? Does the so here's the just- product, the NSO product that can hack into their phones is called Pegasus. Yeah. It could extract their text messages, contact lists, calendar records, emails, instant messages, and you location. Know, that's not gonna be a problem for me because I clean those out. Oh yeah. And they're really deleted too. Very little detritus. No, that shit's sitting on a server somewhere in Google's basement. Yeah. Not on my phone though. They'd have to hack Google. Not on my phone. Um, like anyone wants to read your fucking emails, but the soda tax, pa- Hey, oh, well, these guys, I think were also proponents of like doubling down. They wanted to up the soda tax. So they're like, they're tax. not, they're not done with just, Oh, the soda tax is in place. They want to like, yep. Keep pounding on that soda tax. So they're trying to, they're trying to sort of weaken the, the, um, soda tax movement. Right. But the really creepy thing is, is like NSO, NSO only claims to sell their stuff for very specific reasons, like to fight terrorism mm. or to catch like criminals and stuff to governments. So people are wondering like how the, who the hell is doing this and how did they get a hold of this software? That's the question. Where was Flynn? Those are the big questions. Yeah. Where was Flynn? So yeah, NSO group claims to sell its spyware only law enforcement agencies. Do you think we're going to find out that like this whole Russia thing is real? That like they are actually in cahoots? I think that's coming. <laughs> oh, did I just cut out? You did something weird. Oh, I don't know. I wish if it was that black and white, it would actually... Impeachable offense. Well, it'd be the biggest scandal in the history of our government. It'd outdo Nixon. That's for sure. It would. Old tricky dick. People are going to look back on Nixon through a whole new lens now. At least he wasn't Trump. God. Can I just close this one out with one final quote, Mark? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, Quote, this is one of the most brazen cases of abuse we have ever seen, said John Scott Railton. I love him. A senior researcher at Citizen Lab. Citizen Lab? Citizen Lab. It points to a total breakdown of government oversight in Mexico and a complete failure of due diligence by the NSO group. Mic drop. Phone drop. So where does that leave us, man? I don't know. So what have you learned? Don't drink soda. Yeah. But also never, ever, ever open a link from a strange text message. Even if it has personal details. If you get a text message saying that your wife's in the hospital and click this link for details, don't do that right away. Call Red Twist. Chances are she'll answer the phone. She's probably at the grocery store or something. What is Red Twist doing? Have her nails done. Is she she getting a mani-pedis? What does she do? What's Red Twist doing right now, do you think? Working. Working. She did take a day off yesterday and went skiing. She deserves it. She does. Just by herself? With a friend. With a friend. Very nice. She has friends. Yeah. Not me. All you've got is me. (laughs) All I've got is this. (laughs) Some semblance of friend. This is it. Friend slash combatant. Yep. Frenemies. Oh, are are we frenemies? A good title for the show. What should we do with our show titles? I don't know. Oh, should we consult the tarot? Uh, do you want to take this one past the hour 15 minute mark? No, <laughs> save that for next week. All right. We'll be back for one. Oh, 
You know what I didn't realize? After we got to 100, I have no recollection of what number I'm on. Yeah, you're having really trouble counting. It's like, it's again. like whatever. What am I on? 104. We'll be back with episode This 104. is 103. This is episode 103. 104 next week. We thank you for listening. Yeah. And thanks, Max. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Food News, for existing. Thank you, Peter Tosh. Oh, thank you, Peter Tosh. Sorry. Died too soon. What happened. That too soon. sucks. And oh, thanks. Let's thank Old Gay. Okay. And oh, Tigaron. Let's hear where that. Tigaron, you gotta move. How fitting that you were, you were having so much trouble getting up because Tigaron is all about movement, right? Movement. It's the end of it. Yeah.